0: Hey, guys, this is Dr. Colin Zhu. And thank you so much for being here with us on the Thrive Bites podcast. This is season four. And we're so excited for you to be here. Uh, For those of you who don't know me, my name is Dr. Colin Zhu, double boarded in family and lifestyle medicine. And I interview the best and most passionate health and wellness experts of the industry on this platform. And we talk about plant-powered living, emotional resilience, and creating a thriving mindset. And this season, we're taking it live. We're taking it on multiple platforms and we're taking it as a Q&A discussion as well as our interviewing of our guests. So we're super stoked about this. And please remember to like and subscribe down below and we will see you. Welcome to the next episode. All right, guys. Welcome to the Thrive Bites podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Colin Zhu, and thank you so much for being here with us today. Um, This is episode six. Um, We're going to have a fabulous uh, discussion uh, about Whole Foods Plant-Based 101, and I am joined in a roundtable discussion with Plant-Based Telehealth team. Um, I am... uh, gathering all their their intros. Uh, It's going to take me a little bit of time, but I am super stoked uh, for them to be here. So first off, we have Dr. Nikki Davis. Uh, She is a rocket scientist turned uh, physician. She's board certified in family and lifestyle. And uh, at the age of 13, she started removing animal products from her diet because she didn't feel it was healthy. And once she was in college, she obtained her bachelor and master's degrees in mechanical engineering and has actually worked on the space shuttle program for several years and currently appears Regularly as a uh, guest on Chef AJ's YouTube channel and on the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine podcast. Dr. Elizabeth Fontaine, double boarded in OBGYN and Lifestyle Medicine, um, is a fellow of the American College of Lifestyle Medicine, and uh, she also has backgrounds in obesity management and exercise physiology. And she's also the CEO of Let's Lead, um, a uh, nurse executive physician dyad coaching uh, emerging leaders and practitioners to their career and life best grounded in well-being. Dr. Michael Clapper, which I don't believe needs any introduction, but for those who do not know, he is a gifted clinician, internationally recognized teacher, and sought-after speaker on diet and health. He's the author of Vegan Nutrition, Pure and Simple and has appeared on various various, and several health videos, webinars, and articles for scientific journals and popular uh, press. And he's also uh, contributed to the makings of two PBS t- uh, television programs, Food for Thought, and award-winning Ruby Die for a New America. So we're happy to have him here. Dr. Christina Miller, she is a double board certified emergency and integrative medicine uh, physician. And due to her own health concerns and overwhelming amount of chronic disease, she saw every day, uh, Uh, She radically changed her own practice to lifestyle medicine and health uh, promotion. In 2013, uh, she's opened her own lifestyle medicine practice and uh, founded Eat and Live Healthfully uh, website and blog. So happy to have her. Uh, Dr. Lori Marbus, Uh She is a double board certified family and lifestyle medicine physician. And she's been using uh, utilizing food as medicine since 2012. And she's been a managing editor for Plantation Projects. Uh, International Journal of Disease Reversal and Prevention, and uh, also is a co-founder of Healthy uh, Human Revolution. And she's also a uh, United States Air Force veteran, and we appreciate her years of service. She served in the Middle East and South America, um, and also is a co-founder of plant-based telehealth. Uh, Dr. Jeffrey Pierce is a board certified family physician, and he's super, super passionate about whole food plant-based diet and other lifestyle medicine modalities to help his people get healthier, get off of medications and live longer. And in addition to all that, he helps support um, a healthy pregnancy, has worked with teaching residents and caring for uh, patients and outpatient clinics, hospital wards and emergency rooms in North uh, California. Uh, Northern California, and extensively around the globe, including El Salvador, Honduras, Peru, the Philippines, um, South Sudan, and Kenya, just to name a few. And uh, Dr. Kim Schuler, she's uh, actually began her uh, career as a traditional family doc. And despite eating healthier than most uh, Americans and thinking she was fit, uh, she actually struggled with weight issues since the age of 47. Uh, Currently, she's board certified in family and lifestyle medicine, and one of her favorite parts... Um, of this is practicing medicine to deprescribe medication and help her patients become younger every year by adopting a healthier lifestyle choice. And uh, she's definitely transitioned from traditional medical group um, that she ran previously um, for 20 years in Aspen, Colorado to her now lifestyle uh, medicine practice called DOKS or Doc's Lifestyle Medicine. And last but not least, uh, Anthony uh, Messiello. Uh, he's been working in healthcare for more than 25 years. Um, his career started uh, doing bioinformatics on the Human Genome Project, and after six years um, into the pharmaceutical research, he was able to directly contribute to the development of medical treatments and therapies. In 2020, uh, he shifted his focus to uh, preventing and reversal of chronic disease and launched Plant-Based Telehealth, uh, co-founding it with Dr. Laurie Marvis, um, where he focuses on making lifestyle medicine rooted in whole food plant-based nutrition available to everyone. And he's personally switched um, to whole food plant-based in 06. And in 20 months, lost 160 pounds and got off of blood pressure medication lowered his cholesterol, eliminated migraine headaches, and completely transformed uh, his life. So I uh, want to introduce uh, everyone as I try to unmute uh, <laughs> everyone. Uh, hey guys, how's it going? Hey. Hello. Good day. Hey. <laughs> wow, I am uh, thrilled. So uh, let me kind of switch out cameras. So. Anthony, let me see. There you go. Hey. It's actually Anthony's birthday. <laughs> it is. thank birthday, you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Anthony. Happy
1: birthday.
0: Thank you. Thanks, thank you. <laughs> so we're going to go around, around uh, round table. Uh, just give me uh, your favorite uh, hobby as I go. So this is Anthony. Give me your favorite hobby and pa- uh, pastime.
2: Oh my gosh, I have a lot of favorite hobbies. Um, <laughs>
0: Your top one. <laughs> right,
2: right, right now, I'll say doing anything active outside and preferably with my family, with my uh, with my two sons, Evan and Henry, and with my wife, Kathy.
0: Okay, awesome. And you're currently in North Carolina, right?
2: You were, I'm on vacation at the moment in North Carolina, yeah.
0: Okay, awesome. Dr. Christina Miller, we'll come back to you, Anthony. Hello, how's it going?
3: <laughs> Hi, so fun to be here. Thanks for those great introductions.
0: Oh, My you're, you're welcome. Your hobby
3: is probably hiking right now.
0: Okay. Okay. Nice. And uh, what's the highest elevation you've hiked so far?
3: Well, I've done a couple um, fourteen thousand feet in, in Colorado, and I did Mount Kenya in Kenya, which was sixteen
0: thousand. Oh, nice. Nice. Awesome. Uh, definitely go higher and higher, right? So, um, <laughs> Doctor Nikki Davis. Hello. Hey. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on. Tell us uh, your favorite hobby and pastime. So
4: Dr. Miller stole mine, but recently <laughs> it's been hiking. So I've been doing a lot of hiking lately. And I think mine today was 1400 elevation. So not nearly <laughs> the 14,000, but I had a time. and It was beautiful.
0: Awesome, awesome. Thank you so much for being here. Glad to have you on. Dr. Jeffrey Pierce, how's it going, my friend? <laughs> Great.
5: Thank you very much for having us here. We're excited to be here.
0: Thank you. And uh, tell me uh, tell me a favorite hobby. I know you do a little bit of uh, honey collecting, right?
5: Uh, yeah, well, you know, uh, we try to uh, grow a lot of the things that we eat. So uh, every day we're getting out in the garden, growing vegetables, growing fruit. Um, My wife uh, takes care of uh, a couple of hives uh, in our yard uh, to help save the bees, and uh, so it's just a pleasure to get out and get get our feet in the soil and our hands dirty and bring some really healthy stuff onto our table multiple times a day. (laughs)
0: Love it. There's not, not anything better than creating your own food source and having full control of that, so I love it uh dr kim Schuer, how are you doing
1: doing wonderfully and my favorite hobbies are very similar to others eating hiking and being outside with my dogs which i can do all at the same time so it makes me happy
0: why can't we just hike, to- we just hike together i don't understand this why we i would like- love it a- come visit a- anytime <laughs> i love it and who's your friend in the background <laughs>
1: Oh, my little puppy dog, that's Charlie, he's doing great. He comes with me everywhere I go.
0: <laughs> nice, nice, consults, I love it. You have a, oh, yeah. a, a, a reliable consult. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Dr. Uh, Laurie Marvis, hello, yes. how's it going?
6: Good, thanks for having us on, we're excited to be here.
0: Yes, Oh, yes, my favorite pastime,
6: so hiking, <laughs> running, and uh, well, I live in Colorado, so you gotta, that's you just got to love hiking and running here and then I like to paint and draw. So, and spend time with my family as much yeah. as possible as well.
0: Nice. Like stenciling or colored pe- uh, pencil like like when you say draw what do you use?
6: Um, I use pencil and then I do like black ink over and then I do watercoloring. So, that's kind of urban sketching. I'm getting into botanical drawing and stuff like that, which is really fun.
0: Nice. Nice. I yeah. love it. A lot of uh Lighting, coloring, shading, that's all good stuff. I, I love drawing. I grew up on that. So I definitely resonate. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Dr, uh, Dr, Dr. Elizabeth Fontaine, how's it going?
7: Hey. Ooh, it's so nice to have us all here. I've learned a lot about my uh, partner in this business. Uh, so I'm <laughs> in Vermont and um, originally from Quebec. So it's so easy um, with the accent. However, uh, hobby, so I do a lot of biking, and it's mainly to travel uh, as much as I can in different places, different countries. We've been a little bit limited within the last two years, but every year I choose a different country, so Europe, France, Portugal. um, I hike in Peru, but that year was not biking, but biking usually it's uh, every year and choose a trip that we go for a couple of weeks.
8: Gotcha, gotcha.
0: Nice. Biking is always fun. So are yes. you, do you do uh, yes. mountain or road biking?
7: I, I do road biking and gravel. I started gravel biking last year due to the fact that we can travel. And so my husband, who's an avid biker, started gravel, and I purchased a gravel bike. And it's actually fun. I do a lot of uh, searching <laughs> and discovering in Vermont in the summer and uh, and in the winter hemisphere. So.
0: Oh, I love it! I love it. Yeah. <clears throat> and last but not least, Dr. Michael Clapper, how you doing? <laughs> Can you hear us and see us, okay? Okay, we'll we'll come back. We'll come back to Dr. K in a little bit. <clears throat> All right. So, how I wanted to orient this uh, roundtable discussion was uh, we pretty much compiled, you know, a list and the uh, most common topics that one would get, uh, whether you are a healthcare provider or you are a person that's transitioning to more vegetarian, more vegan, or more whole foods plant-based fare, I'm sure you've come across your own uh, fair share of questions and uh, looking for credible sources. So that's why I decided to gather this team, um, because I can't think of you know, any more, uh, any, any better equipped in terms of, you know, competency, knowledge base, and experience. And these guys are just, you know, a great, you know, nice, kind, very compassionate group of individuals. And I am so thrilled to have them here uh, for today. So we'll start off the conversation about, you know, plant-based telehealth, um, the origin story um, of that. So um, I will turn the camera to uh, Anthony to kind of kick us off. Um, and then I'll, um, because Anthony and Dr. Lori Marvis are the co-founders and I'll have uh, them speak about it. So we'll turn it over to Dr. Uh, 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 we'll turn turn over to Anthony first. So yeah, I'm the only non-doctor. I'm sorry about that.
8: <laughs>
2: um but I have a fantastic role here and my role with plant-based telehealth is doing anything and everything possible to help more people have access to doctors like all of yourselves. So I'm, I'm really humbled in that position and I really enjoy it as um, I would guess that you guys can tell and uh, I think it's fantastic. So uh, Dr. Marvis and I started plant-based telehealth with one mission. We wanted to make lifestyle medicine available to everyone and the idea kind of built up over time for why and how we've shaped plant-based telehealth into what it is today. But the the real problem that we were trying to solve is we would be at conferences and we would hear physicians, uh, researchers, scientists presenting about the life-changing benefits of whole food plant-based nutrition and lifestyle medicine. And inevitably the presenter would show some case studies at the end of their presentations and people in the audience would get really excited and they would say, "Wow, you know, if they can do it, I can do it." And then someone in the audience stops, and they, you know, during the Q and A, and they raise their hand, and they say, "You know, I'm dealing with such and such, whatever their medical condition was. I see that you've had success, you know, or that these other case studies that you shared have had success with lifestyle changes, and I want to do that for myself. Uh, where can I find a doctor who can help me to transition to this lifestyle and get well?" And you know, the, unfortunately for the longest time, the answer was kind of, it was either incredibly complicated or it was like crickets. There was no answer. Um, and it was because the practicing lifestyle medicine doctors were scattered about. Um, and sometimes they were more of the kind of like what I call, uh, you know, almost like c- celebrity doctors that, that were, you know, hard to access or expensive and stuff like that. So um, our mission at plant-based telehealth is making lifestyle medicine accessible to everyone so there were a lot of challenges that were in the way including geographic and financial and and, you know and and these other things so um, it just seemed really ripe for the application of telehealth where a single physician could be licensed in multiple states and reach a large enough audience to really grow up a a really strong lifestyle medicine practice and uh, we that's what we started doing and I'll let Lori tell a little bit more of that, but she kind of said, you're crazy. Uh, what, <laughs> you know, how, how are we supposed to do that? And, and, but you know, but we just discussed it more and we just came together and both of us rolled up our sleeves and really did everything that was necessary to, to put everything in place and to really get this thing off the ground. And I personally could not be more thrilled um, with how it's going so far. You know, it's 18 months into seeing patients on the platform as you guys know, uh, we're you know, doctors are available to patients in all fifty states, and I hope that some of you will mention, especially some of the remote areas that your patients are coming from, to really show that we're that we're really playing true on that mission of really making this available to people no matter where you are um, in the in the country or even around the world. I would love to hear a little bit about you know some of the international consultations that you guys have been doing as well. Uh, we also know that we have a ways to go. You know, we have to continue raising awareness so people know about it because it's not accessible to people if they don't know that it exists. So that that's turning into a challenge as well. And then we do want to, tr- we want to continue making it more and more affordable. You know, right now we're um, a cash pay service and we know that people are already paying a lot of money for their health insurance. And we feel really, you know, we, we feel strongly that we would like to be able to accept that on this platform as well. But it's just, it's another big challenge that we really have to put some resources behind to try to work that out as well.
0: Right, right. Dr. Lori, I want to hand it over to you.
6: Yeah, sure. So um, Anthony and I have been friends a long time <laughs> and uh, started a few things together. And I had been doing telemedicine for a few years prior to the uh, the start of the idea of, I guess, the nitus of um, plant-based telehealth and had great success doing lifestyle medicine in a, and a national platform. Uh, it's a, uh, usually, you know, people, patients would call in for acute care, but you couldn't help except notice that, Hey, you have diabetes. Have you ever heard of plants? <laughs> and mm-hmm. you start seeing some really good success and patients start coming back and people at, you know, this particular um, telemedicine company are like, what are you doing to get A1Cs to drop five points in three months? I'm like, are eating plants? They're like, no, really, what are you doing? I'm like, they're, they're telling them to eat plants, <laughs> and so um, telling Anthony that, and then Anthony's like, "We really need to start our own, and this could be great." And I said, "This is insane. Oh, there's a <laughs> lot of red tape." Just you know, thinking from the physician standpoint of things, one recruitment, which obviously we have recruited quite a few amazing docs, um, licensing, the red tape. There's Medicare, Medicaid, insurance. There's it's 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 a it's a bit so, overwhelming. Yeah, but luckily we were somewhat naive. We had enough knowledge to get started, but somewhat naive of the challenges that lay ahead because by the time we get to the next challenge, you're like, oh, well, we're already this far. Let's just keep going. <laughs> so that's kind of what happened. And we launched in March of last year, right when COVID hit, which was a blessing in disguise. Since, you know, the the perception of telemedicine and the difficulty or was it worth, you know, doing, that was dropped dramatically. So we had patients looking for it. We had doctors looking for it. And um, it was me at the beginning with, I think, 13 or 16 licenses. And I'm licensed in all 50 states in DC. Just not that I wanted to have to see patients everywhere, but I just really felt like I needed to lay the, the groundwork. But then all of these amazing other docs, like you see here, are also licensed in multiple states. But I've had patients in the interior of Alaska, South Dakota, Wisconsin, you know, patients saying, there is no one available. I can't even see a regular doctor without driving hours. So that was really um, heartening to say, you know, all the hard work is it's worth it. And so, yeah, um, yeah, and that's kind of how it started. And we're really developing an amazing team, a network of incredible physicians who take care of amazing patients. And we are really building a knowledge base and experience base that I think will be you, you can't challenge that anywhere else. I think to say that there's a group of physicians who see patients nationally and internationally in practice lifestyle medicine, we are it. And so yeah. you know, if you really want to see some amazing experts, this is the place to come.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And not only really that, it's, you know, I think, um, you know, lifestyle medicine, you know, we'll get more in, in depth with it. It's uh, it's it's really a, a specialty slash profession where it places a lot of ownership and accountability on the practitioner you know and it's very challenging you know to really dispense this kind of information without practicing it yourself and as you can see um and hear you know all the different hobbies and pastimes you know and i'm sure there's probably a lot more with all these wonderful individuals um that you know it's a long list and you know we're very passionate about what we do and everyone else. And it's simply just conveying that across the screen. Um, and I think we're doing a, a good job of it. Um, Anthony, I'm going to turn the uh, question uh, over to you. How easy or difficult it is currently to use the platform um, on plant-based telehealth right now? Oh, you got to unmute. Yourself. Thank you. Sorry about
1: that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, yeah, it, it really... Unfortunately, it really depends on the patient at this point in time, you know, and, and some familiarity with, um, you know, using the computer and working on the Internet and emailing and messaging. The more of that a patient has, the better. We really are trying to make the systems as intuitive as possible. And we're working with our you know, platform provider to try to streamline some of those things. But in general, I'll say, it, you know, it, it works well. It works. It certainly works well enough at this stage. But uh, we, I do field questions where people are not sure, you know, how to set up their, their patient portal or how they're going to connect to their appointment. We have a few select patients that prefer to do their appointments by telephone. Um, obviously, it's not ideal because there's something, the, the nonverbals that come through with the video um, enabled as possible. I mean, uh, it just makes communication a little bit more effective. So so I do work with patients to help them get on there. But in, in
0: general, it's not bad. Um, Yeah. Okay. Lori, did you have anything uh, to add to that? Yeah, I would
6: say, you know, we've been really fortunate to use the zoom technology with the newer platform that we have so that most people are pretty familiar with this, especially after COVID yet again, another blessing to the plant-based cell health. Um, And so if you know how to use zoom, um, you can use this platform. We have a secure uh, patient portal where you can communicate with your doctor. There's labs. We can order prescriptions and you know the integration of everything into the one platform is really nice um, having other larger telemedicine companies had to build you know kind of prioritize their own uh, software which can lead to a lot of hiccups and difficulties and stuff but so I think right now I think it's going pretty well and um, obviously there's always systems and stuff we can improve upon but overall the patients seem to do fairly well especially with Anthony on the on the phone. Walking he's, he's got quite the guru uh, status amongst several patients. There's some groupies that love to talk to Anthony. They're like, I'm just going to call Anthony see I was like, you know, Anthony's pretty busy. Let, let, let Anthony rest. But uh, no, I, I seriously, I have patients who just call to say how he's doing. And so I'm like, I don't know what you're doing, but keep, keep, keep it up. Yeah.
0: Well, I think um, uh, that's a testament to like what we're going through is, you know, telehealth It's probably not the most ideal right now um, in terms of, you know, because we're utilizing that in terms of a, you know, virtual slash remote type of setting, right, because of the context of everything. And uh, it doesn't, you know, at least to me, doesn't really replicate Uh, you know, the live in-person relationship building and rapport building that you get to have, you know, as a doctor to a patient, right? Um, And I know personally that I miss that very much. Um, So I think even doing things like what Anthony is doing and just having, you know, just a longer conversation and just exploring, you know, uh, not only detailing um, the intricacies of the, the, the platform, but also you know, just getting to know the patients and getting to know the people that are inquiring and, you know, uh, wanting to, you know, know more about it. So, you know, thank you, Anthony, for doing that.
2: Yeah, you're welcome. And if I can just add, you know, it, it, I think it's great the way that telemedicine is being implemented at plant-based telehealth and really going for replicating that in-person experience as much as possible. And you're absolutely right. That does extend out to the front office, right? The reception desk and, you know, make, you know making uh, patients feel welcome and making them feel supported through the whole way. We even try to extend that out through our social media on Facebook and Instagram, so people really have an idea of who we are and what we're all about, so that it doesn't feel so cold as you know, turning on the video and then turning off the video as soon as the appointment ends. We really wanna, you know, it, it, which that's also replicating that in-person experience, but it, it, we just feel like it's very important for the patients to really feel part of this
0: um, community. Thank you. Yes, you're welcome. <laughs> um, I think you guys um, might have touched this, uh, touched upon this a little bit, but how you know how does this compare? Um, either one of you can can speak to it um, to other telehealth platforms. Um, is there any pros and cons to this? Um, you know, can you talk a little bit about that?
2: So uh, when we evaluated, I think forty three platforms, and we demoed about seven, and then we actually did extensive um, you know reviews of three, and then. We, we chose one. And then you know, six months into plant-based telehealth, we switched because it wasn't meeting our needs, you know, and, and we didn't, wasn't creating the experience that we want. So from that perspective, I mean, there, there's a lot out there and I would just say it varies widely um, how they use it. As far as how it actually gets implemented, I would love to hear Lori, you know, she can share that experience, you know, from the uh, physician's perspective and, and, you know, she knows more about the, how the patients feel about it than anyone.
6: Uh, yeah. And I also think you need to understand that we are doing lifestyle medicine. So this is not, you know, a lot of people, maybe docs on are like teledocs or doctors on demand or some of those other larger corporations they're doing, they want to implement from my understanding, kind of a virtual PCP, which I, I don't really feel comfortable with. Um, it's one of the reasons I, I certainly feel like this is a better platform for us because we consider ourselves consultants to the primary care doc that we're really here to help. Patients get to their best, and we just kind of help doctors who don't have the time or expertise to do that. Um, the other platforms are more appropriate, maybe for acute care. They're very quick. They don't establish you don't establish a, a relationship with a physician per se, and so that's the difference with our our platform is that we're establishing relationships. We're diving deep into someone's history. We ask, we have very extensive questionnaires. Um, And so that is the difference. It's just the relationship. The technology I think is, you know, can be similar. It can, there's some good and bad on everything. Um, But uh, yeah, I, I really think for us, it's the relationship and what our focus is is the lifestyle component.
0: Okay, awesome. Um, I definitely want to get to the other uh, docs. Um, and uh, I definitely want to get back to you, Anthony, um, you know, in terms of like long-term, you know, mission and long-term goals. Uh, but let's get into, you know, kind of the quote unquote meat uh, or plant-based meat or beyond meat or impossible, whatever you want to call it, you know, sub, you know substance uh, of whole food plant-based. Because um, you know, there's a lot you know um, that you could ask, and we've you know compiled the you know the most common topics. Um, so let's start off about you know just you know what is whole food plant based? Um, what are the food items um, and or food groups that's included um, into this? Um, Dr. Kim Schuler, I'll take it, give it to you.
1: Hey, well, as I said, one of my hobbies is loving to eat, so. Whole food plant-based is as whole food and plant-based as possible. It's fruits, vegetables, lots and lots of them, um, whole grains, quinoa, wild rices, red rices, brown rices, things like that, Um, legumes. So beans and lentils, yum. And then nuts and seeds, not too much, but you need some every day uh, for most people. And um, so that's what it is. What it isn't is it's not meat or eggs or cheese or any animal product, anything that had a mother or a face. It's not processed foods, like not sugars, um, refined um, grains and things like that. It's, but it's delicious. So basically, (laughs) for example, what I had this morning, um, today, so far, I've had my oat groats with uh, lots of berries and banana and mango and uh, ground flax seeds and cinnamon and it's delicious. Then for lunch, I had some leftovers um, from what I had yesterday. So I had a huge salad and um, I had a mushroom risotto from the mushrooms I picked when I was hiking. And then for dinner, I plan to have uh, Thai basil curry with uh, with homegrown broccoli and things like that. So people think it's cardboard and it's boring. It's not. It's delicious.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, when I counsel patients, people can't really get past the perception of, you know, salad, um, and, or rabbit food. So, you know, not everything, you know, salad is great, you know, but you know, there's way more, uh, way more to this, uh, Dr. Clapper. Let's see, we can get, get, uh, can you hear us? Yeah. (laughs) Welcome. I know you have, uh, had at, you know, some connectivity of, um, issues, uh, thank you so much for, uh, uh, you know, being here with us. Uh, we do have a question is, uh, you know, Dr. You know, Dr. Kim was, you know, describing what is whole food plant based. And I'm sure a lot of audience members are wanting to know, you know, how is that different? And how is that um, distinctive um, from being vegetarian and or being vegan?
8: Uh-huh. Uh, I was very uh, happy to see the term whole food plant-based enter our everyday lexicon for a couple of reasons. Uh, Vegetarian uh, people, by and large, do not eat the flesh of animals, uh, but they uh, certainly uh, imbibe (laughs) uh, cow's milk and products made from them, uh, dairy products, cheese, yogurt, etc. And we are now understanding how much uh, uh, health problems can stem from dairy products. Uh, for all sorts of reasons, from their protein, their fats, their hormones, et cetera. Uh, so uh, if you're vegetarian, you're still consuming dairy products, far from ideal from our point of view. Uh, then the vegan folks are those who uh, avoid all animal products, as Dr. Shore said, uh, and uh, that uh, put you in the category of, a, of a plant foods only. However, it does not exclude the processing of these plant foods. And we've all seen this explosion of uh, vegan uh, snack foods, desserts, uh, uh, puddings, cakes, candies, uh, all sorts of uh, processed foods. Whole food uh, you know, the aisles of them. <laughs> Indeed, you know, the whole food has aisles of them, absolutely. They're vegan, but they're certainly uh, far from what we would call healthy. And so just because an item is vegan doesn't mean it's healthy because you could live on energy drinks and vegan donuts and be vegan, but you're not going to be healthy. So I certainly welcome the concept of whole food, plant-based, and... uh, uh, and. Uh, that implies whole food, it's not been processed. These are plant-based foods, vegetables, fruits, etc. that you can identify as they, if they were growing in the garden. There's a tomato there and a cucumber there and an ear of corn there and some barley growing there. That's, those are whole foods uh, as nature um, designed them for us. Food as grown uh, is really the best uh, selection of foods you can make. And that is, they're whole foods and they're plant-based. And so that's where we focus our, uh, uh, our uh, dietary counseling. And they have remarkable healing powers to them, unlike the refined sugars and oils, etc. though vegan are certainly uh, not health promoting. The whole food plant-based selection, they really have these wonderful powers of, uh, of helping reverse uh, the diseases that many people find themselves uh, combating so uh yay that's why we are called plant-based telehealth because uh, we know the powerful plants and we really uh, employ them as part of our uh, our healing regimens that we recommend so let's hear it for whole food plant-based
0: yes yes definitely uh thank you so much for that you know definition um, or consolation of definitions and making it you know distinctive um, one of the one of my favorite things is you know teaching people that you know if it didn't come out of the ground off of a vine or off of a tree you probably want to minimize it and um, I like to keep it as simple as possible so thank you so much dr clapper and we'll come back to you um, dr. Nikki Davis I'm going to turn it to you so dr clapper was talking a little bit about and dr. Kim about how we're minimizing and or uh, avoiding refine and process. So what does that exactly mean? You know, can you break down what is, you know, what is the process behind refining something, stripping something down, um, you know, uh, organic, inorganic, you know, because these are just basic. you know, a lot of marketing terminology, um, you know, maybe like marketing ploys, you know, to get someone to kind of attract them in, and, you know, um, you know, just, glean at the front cover of like a cereal box, you know, but what are those, you know, names mean, and can you help us distinguish those, please?
1: Absolutely. So
4: yeah, refined. So that's interesting because refined really, what that one means is you're taking something that was in its whole form and removing parts of it. So the best way to think of it would be, for instance, with brown rice and white rice. So brown rice is going to have the capsule on the outside. It's called bran. It has on the inside something called the endosperm. And then on the very inside, something called the germ. When you refine the brown rice to white rice, you're getting rid of everything except for the endosperm. So you're keeping something there, but you're getting rid of some of the things that originally were in its whole form. The problem with refining is that the things you're getting rid of oftentimes have more nutrients. So in fact, when you go from brown rice to white rice, you're losing about half to two thirds of the nutrients in the rice. Not only that, you know, people are so worried about protein these days, which we'll get into later, but you're actually removing protein too. So, uh, you know, about a quarter of the protein that's in the brown rice, gets removed when you get rid of those extra parts. So it is a process of just taking something that used to be whole and removing parts of it. And so a lot of times we think of that in grains, refined grains, we hear a lot about. And you just want to try to minimize that because really food was meant to be eaten in its whole form. That's, I mean, besides when you pick a tomato off the vine, you might have a little bit of the green stem on there, right? Pull that off and there's your whole food, that tomato right there, instead of breaking it down. So you talk about processing. Now that's really taking something from its original form and turning it into something else. So you think of maybe a Twinkie, right? That used to be a lot of other things and now it's a different form. But there's a, it's its a gamut. You have this continuum of what process really is. So technically, A smoothie would be processed because you're putting stuff in a blender and you're processing them. But that would be more minimally processed. And then you get to the side of, you know, maybe you go through maybe bread. So bread would be a little bit more processed. And then you move into more of the really highly processed foods. Like you mentioned, the Impossible Burger, the Beyond Burger, super processed. Right. So as you get to that other end where things are very, very processed, that's where we're losing a lot of the nutrients. We're just losing the the beauty and the health of those original whole foods. So the closer you can stay on the other end of the continuum of the whole plant food, the better. And then you also mentioned organic. So organic just means that you are eliminating any chemical type Fertilizers, um, you know, even when you're talking about animal products, getting rid of antibiotics, things that aren't natural that they're using to try to get rid of bugs, pesticides, things like that. So if you're looking at uh, vegetables that are grown, you're just minimizing the unnatural chemicals put onto those vegetables by having something that's organic.
0: Right, right. Yeah, thank you so much for that. Um, that definitely, hopefully, clears it up and clarifies, you know, for people that are watching and listening. Um, you know, my my favorite thing is just imagining, you know, what whole food actually looks like, and then, you know, when we create what I call food, you know, food-like or food-related products, which is basically what most of the food industry creates nowadays. And you could see this in the middle of the supermarket where everything is on a shelf, right? And in the packaging. And like Dr., you know, Nikki Davis was, um, you know, demonstrating, you know, basically showcasing for us is that you're taking what, uh, is in mother nature and literally whittling it down. So, um, and like Dr. Clapper was mentioning, you know, you're going to get varying levels, uh, typically lower levels of, you know, nutritional benefit. So, um, Hey guys, we're going to be taking a short break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hey guys, this is Colin Zhu aka the Chef Doc, and I know it's been a minute since the last time you and I have spoken and I want to thank you so much for following the ThryBytes podcast. And I just want to let you know that there's good reason for that and let me explain. In almost six months, I've been working tirelessly and diligently to helping people near and far during this tumultuous year that we've had from 2020 into 2021. And I said to myself, what more can I do to inspire and impact others? And you guys know me, I'm all about thriving. I'm all about thriving from an emotional, mental, and physical standpoint. That is the reason why I wrote Thrive Medicine, and that is the reason why I started this podcast called Thrive Bites. And so I decided that I wanted to put together a virtual summit experience, gathering over 50 speakers, that includes physicians, dietitians, fitness experts, coaches, And spanning over five pillars in teaching someone else on learning how to thrive. And I call this the Thrive Formula. The five pillars consist of food as medicine, functional fitness, relationships, community, and resilience. And the reason why I've chosen to do this is because I really wanted to give more tools, more education, and more inspiration. And letting people know that they're not alone and they don't have to be ill-equipped for life. And whatever life throws at you, whether it's a curveball, whether it's an obstacle, whether it's a roadblock. And I worked really hard to provide this and I'm happy to announce that it is fully released and fully accessible. And you may ask yourself, who is this for and what does it consist of? This is for the individual that prioritizes their health and wellness and also wants to take charge of their own well-being. It's also for the healthcare professional and the healthcare professional student because I wanted to create a summit experience that I wish I could have had when I was in school. The summit experience has over 50 plus hours plus more ranging from culinary demonstrations to fitness demonstrations to scientific medical sessions. And we answer questions like, what is Whole Foods plant-based cooking? How do I start cooking back in my kitchen? What affects my brain, gut, and immune health? What are the tools for my own emotional and mental well-being? How can I be more of service and lead by example? What kind of nutrition do I need to give my children nowadays? To how do I navigate self-doubt, self-sabotage, my inner critic? to what are the best physical movements to increase my mobility strength flexibility and function and one of my favorites is how do i create more joy contentment and happiness in my own life this summit also works like a masterclass series where you get to learn and further your education and i do this by providing quizzes with every session and i provide workbooks and there's also recipes, and very, very special speaker bonuses. You'll also have the opportunity to join a private Facebook community to further your growth and connect with like-minded individuals. So if this resonates with you, please join us on this journey to further yourself and take back 2021 and beyond. You can find us at thethriveformula.co. That's T-H-E-T-H-R number five formula.co. And come on inside and I'll see you in there. Cheers. Welcome back to Thrive Bites. Let's get back to the interview. So the next question here, I'm going to kick it out to Dr. Christina Miller. Uh, because she looks so amped and ready. (laughs) So a question is, um, is whole foods? Yes, (laughs) definitely. Uh, I love, I love the energy. So a question is, is whole food plant-based nutrition? Is that complete? Because, you know, people can probably look at that and be like, ah, you know, it's not, you know, the most complete nutrition, you know, does it have all, you know, macronutrients and micronutrients, AKA vitamins and minerals, fats, you know, carbs and proteins that, you know, we need, is it complete, you know, like, what would you say to that?
3: That's a great question. And it's one that we actually get quite a bit. Uh, Yes, it's a complete form of nutrition, but you have to pay attention to a few of the micronutrients. So like any diet plan, it has to be well constructed. So people eating all sorts of different diet plans are deficient certain nutrients. Well, the benefits of a plant based diet, if you eat a diverse diet, Um, of real whole plant foods, you're going to get enough protein, you're going to get enough calcium, you're going to get enough of your healthy fats, you're going to get enough carbohydrates, you're going to get enough of all these um, essential um, anti-cancer and health-promoting nutrients such as phytochemicals and carotenoids, Um, you're going to get your vitamins such as vitamin E, all your B vitamins, vitamin C, vitamin, um, it's rich in all these uh, nutrients. So it is extremely healthy diet. However, it has to be constructed properly. And so, like we talked about, um, people can be on a vegan diet or a vegetarian diet and not eating uh, plant-rich, um, plant foods rich in protein. And so those we will see certain people coming in a little bit deficient in protein. So we build diets that are that are made with legumes and soy products and lots of leafy green vegetables and nuts and seeds so we get a complete source of protein. We get our calcium from our, our um, green leafy vegetables and all vegetables and fruit and beans and whole grains and nuts and seeds are all rich in calcium. Um, we're getting vitamin E from our nuts and seeds. We're, so by eating these diverse foods, as, as Dr. Scheuer outlined for, for us, eating the legumes and the whole grains and the vegetables and the fruits and the nuts and seeds, we are, we are making sure to get a symphony of all these nutrients and the benefits that we've learned recently is that not only is it um, complete in protein, but the the people who are eating animal protein are actually getting too much. And it's almost like a toxicity. There's higher mortality in people eating animal protein. There's higher incidence of diabetes and heart disease and all-cause mortality and autoimmunity because they're so it's overdoing the protein for them. And so when you get it from plant sources, it's a safer form for people, and you're actually able to reverse those very same diseases still stay protein um, adequate and be strong and healthy and um, age well. But we do have to pay attention to make sure people are getting sources of the plant protein. So that's what I like to help work with people to make sure they're getting enough calcium, that they're building their diet healthy, that they're getting enough protein. And then, yes, it's complete in all of those. But there's one that we do have to pay a little extra attention to, and that's vitamin B12, Um, Unless you're eating fortified foods such as nutritional yeast or fortified uh, cereals, things like that, maybe a fortified um, nut milk. But if you're um, not eating fortified foods like that, B12 is from a bacteria in the ground and animals eat it. And so they um, you'll get it from animal foods. But for those of us not eating animal foods, we have to usually supplement from it or make sure we're eating a fortified source and check a level to make sure it's okay. Because B12 is essential for for your nervous system, for making um, red blood cells, and you don't want to be deficient in that. So we do pay attention to that one nutrient. Yeah,
0: yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Um, Going back off of protein, Dr. Uh, Nikki, we'll turn it back to you. Um, You know, we hear a lot about this topic in terms of uh, protein sources and how is a plant-based or vegan, you know, you know where is the protein? Basically, where is the beef, quote unquote? So, you know, can you help us, you know, identify some sources of plant based protein uh, that's, you know, essential?
4: Yeah, so I always like to break it down to the basics. So, what is protein? Protein is just made out of amino acids. You have 20 amino acids that you need, nine of them are essential, meaning you need to get them in your diet. All living things contain amino acids, contain protein. So that includes all plants. And all plants have all nine essential amino acids, although in varying amounts. So it used to be that we said, well, you need to make sure that when you're eating, you need to have a complete protein. So, you know, I, I remember hearing people say, well, you need eggs because that's a complete protein. You can't get a complete protein by just eating plants. So that's not true you do get all the essential amino acids that you need just in in varying levels. So as long as your diet is varied, you're getting all of those essential amino acids that can be then used to make the proteins for your body. And Dr. Miller was just talking about how we need uh, not very much protein. In fact, the World Health Organization says that we only need 5% of our calories to come from protein, much smaller amount than what most people are getting. And if you just look like at some of the typical foods like rice and potatoes, both have 8%. So you're well over that 5% mark. Uh, beans, we always talk about beans as an excellent source of protein, 27%. So you're getting plenty of protein. So by mixing in some of those higher protein uh, foods like beans with other foods that might not have as much protein, you're getting plenty of protein. And if we look and we've we've looked into women's uh, breast milk to see, well, how much protein is in that? Because you're looking at a baby that needs to basically double in size within the first year or two. And it's five percent. So even our World Health Organization for an adult person who isn't doubling in size, well, hopefully not over Mm -hmm. a year or two. And it's the same amount. It's five percent. So it's very likely that we even need less than that.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, super important because, you know, I think um, as a country, we're just super protein obsessed and um, I don't think we have any problems with being deficient in protein. So, <laughs> um, Dr. Fontaine, I'm going to switch it over to you. So I'm, you know, a lot of uh, we have a lot of females watching. Right. And, um, you know, some would ask and you're a specialist in uh, women's health, you know, what do I need to pay attention to, um, you know, if I'm transitioning to being becoming more vegan, more plant based, more vegetarian fare? Is there certain things that I need to pay attention to?
7: Well, I think the first thing that you said is, um, you know, I had the chance to practice uh, many, many years with only female as an OBGYN. And during that time, uh, I've seen an evolution in in what was going on and happening with my patient. They tend to obviously come back to you, and and unfortunately gaining some uh, some weight, which uh, for them is the most important thing. So they want a a quick fix on the weight, uh, which often is not done the best way. Um, And the impact of eating uh, the typical American diet is usually that it will increase the fat, but the bad fat that creates inflammation. And for us, women increase, and I'll do it very simply, the hormones that we all know will increase substantially the estrogen, which will have a huge impact on potentially infertility and what we call polycystic ovarian syndrome. But probably the most important one is the menopause menopause once you've been exposed to a very high level of estrogen that comes with a regular typical diet when the ovaries stop functioning then that drop of estrogen creates this huge um, symptoms and usually probably the biggest one is the hot flashes with all the other symptoms and we know that in population in asia that in the past not anymore as much today that are eating uh, more of a plant food based diet they're not having as many uh, symptoms of hot flashes. It's changing now because there's a huge evolution in what they're eating, but it has a huge impact. And so therefore, having the chance to help them, helping my patient, helping the women, to move from a uh, you know typical American diet to a more whole plant food-based diet, help us to decrease the fat, the inflammation, the estrogen and less symptoms and more chances at least for the younger patient for fertility and decreased risk of uh, other uh, disease like polycystic overhand syndrome.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I'm sure that's, you know, uh, for your female population has been very helpful to kind of clarify that because uh, I don't think a lot of people know that. Dr. Uh, Jeffrey Pierce, I'm going to switch gears a little bit. So, if someone is navigating in a supermarket, right, this is the, you know, and I guess it depends on the supermarket, but tell us, you know, a lot of people don't know that it could be a beast, right? <laughs> it could be a beast in terms of how does one navigate, you know, a, a supermarket, but do you have any tips of the trade or tricks in terms of how you navigate a supermarket?
5: Sure. So you know, I think one thing that's uh, important to remind ourselves is that uh, a su- supermarket—they're businesses, right? Their main goal uh, is to keep the doors open, make some money. Their main goal is not really to keep us healthy. And uh, you know, I think if you know when you know that as you're in the checkout line, and what you have right in front of you for those last-minute purchases before you pay are you know candies, chocolates, and the National Enquirer. And you know, if it was if it was, uh, you know, something built to keep us healthy, you, the last minute items would be, you know, fresh blueberries, uh, kale, and you know, uh, Dr. Clapper's book and your book, uh, for example, um, right there at the checkout line. So, you know, just as a just as a reminder, as you walk in, you have to kind of be uh, savvy to their tricks, right? Their tricks of uh, having the the big sellers which are the foods that are typically high in calories high in fat high in salt and sugar and oil and those are the ones that they're going to be most prominent right so uh the big displays when you first walk in um for cinco de mayo with all the chips and the uh tequila you you should probably walk past those uh when you're sticking to a whole uh, food plant-based diet and um the the key there are a couple keys that i keep in mind you know one is you get the most a uh, healthy bang for your buck in the produce aisle. You know, this was the uh, this was the section that when I was a kid, I was like, I don't want to go there. I'm going to go straight to the breakfast cereal slash uh, you know, uh toys in the bottom of the box area. Um but that's not the place that you should be spending the most of your time, right? This is it's full of all of these things that you can eat as much as you want to in the produce section, right? You can eat all the fruit that you want, all the vegetables that you want um, uh, because they are low in calories, they're high in nutrients. And, um, uh, so that's where you should spend the most of your time, the most of your money getting that stuff. Now, you know, I'm a proponent of growing your own foods because you can uh, pick them as you're ready for them. So you probably don't want to buy three, uh, shopping carts full of, uh, you know, romaine lettuce, uh, because that's probably going to go bad by the second week, but, um, you want to get most of your things from there. Um, secondly, I'm a big fan of the, uh, the bulk section, but the bulk section's got some caveats, uh, while the, while the produce section, the only thing, you know, you'll get some stuff that's packaged, but it'll be sort of like pre-washed, pre-cut, um, salads. And while, yes, it comes in a plastic bag, if it cuts down time for you, making it more likely that you're going to use it, it's probably worth it, um, to get something bagged like that. Um, the the bulk is a little trickier, right? Because right next to the, um, the pinto beans, uh, you know, beans in general being one of the healthiest foods that you can get your hands on that are associated with, uh, these uh, groups of people all over the world that live the healthiest and the longest. And, you know, right next to that might be a a bulk, uh, bucket of, um, you know, gobstoppers or something. And, uh, so if you do have to have some, uh, some special choice when you are when you are um, selecting what you're going to get in the bulk section. But um, you know this is where you get your beans and your whole grains, uh, your lentils, your chickpeas, your split peas, um, your nuts, preferably the uh, unroasted, unsalted, um, because you know while you hear that a, ha- a couple handfuls of almonds are good for you, the ones that are uh, caramelized and roasted and salted. Um, that's not, those aren't included. Uh, You got to leave those there. Um, uh, you know, there are natural aisles, uh, that, you know, yeah, everything looks really healthy and their packages have, you know, uh, pictures of plants on it and people meditating and stuff like that. So, you know, be careful with those too, because if it's coming in a package, then, uh, it could still also have lots of oil and salt and sugar added to it. So, you know, yeah, uh, you'd ha- you have to be careful uh, with that section as well. Um, the spice section is a real cool uh, place to spend a little bit of time, right? Because, and you know, uh, probably chef doc, uh, Colin here knows better than all of us. Chefs, is, this is what, um, this is a key to making your food, not only flavorful, uh, to the point of where you're like, man, I don't need to put a teaspoon of salt, um, in my food, uh, because it's so rich with smoked paprika and some cumin and all these other uh, flavors that are just going to make it really tasty. But these spices are loaded with antioxidants and are some of the most uh, nutriently, most nutriently packed foods that you can get. Right. So uh, there's the benefit of getting to know the spice section. Um, and it's more than just salt and pepper, uh, out there. Right. And, uh, I was the salt and pepper kind of guy as my spy section, but, um, now I know the local spy store, um, that's down the road. And, um, you know, the biggest complaint is my wife when she opens up the cabinet and like the, the the garlic uh, spice falls on her head because we've got too many spices packed in there. Right. So, um, uh, pack your, uh, your, your cart with those spices and you're not going to uh, regret it. Um, a phrase that I'll take from, uh, uh, chef AJ, uh, a friend and uh, a friend of ours and a great resource for everybody on, on internet and her book on process, um, is if it's, if it's in your house, it's in your mouth. And so, um, you know, there's not a lot of uh, there's not a lot of success in us um, uh, relying on our um, willpower uh, when it comes to what are we gonna have for dessert. And if we have if it's all based on willpower, we're gonna often lose in the battle between um, you know peaches versus uh, peach cobbler. Um, and so if you um, if you have that uh, fresh bowl of, of fruit on your table ready to go that you bought, um it's going to uh, outwin the uh, oreos because you're gonna have to you know get your you're gonna have to get some shoes on get your keys if you can find them get in the car drive out there and buy the oreos if if you hadn't bought them um when you were at the grocery store last time so um that is a good one is just to keep them out of the house and that's part of the reason why part of the reason why i don't shop uh where i don't recommend always shopping with your kids because it's easier to tell them, ah, oh, you know, we're just we're out of those of your favorite cookies right now. Um, as compared to, but but you know, Papa, they're right there in front of us. Let's just grab a couple of bags and take them home, right? So um, I guess that's another one to keep in mind. And then you can just keep, yeah. skip the meat section, the dairy section, all that stuff, um, because you're going to be getting your your uh, your calories and your nutrition from all the other sections. Yeah. I mean,
0: honestly, I feel like we can talk about the supermarket by itself all day long. Uh, Dr. Clapper, um, you know, uh, a lot of us, you know, uh, you know, we're more sequestered, you know, being in the pandemic. But, you know, before the pandemic, I'm sure, you know, a lot of us really enjoy a night on the town. Right. And uh, what have you developed in terms of tips and tricks in terms of the restaurant fare? Um, you know, maybe like how to navigate, you know, uh, a, a menu when, you know, there's so much verbiage and you know, so many <laughs> attractive words that come to you know your face as you open up, you know, a pamphlet or you know that that menu. But do you have any uh tips and tricks in terms of the restaurant? Oh boy,
8: uh again, yeah, we could spend an hour just on this. Um restaurant food, mm, delicious, uh, Asian, Mexican, uh, uh, Oriental, all, all sorts of wonderful foods. But the reality is, uh, from the physician's point of view, uh, what makes those uh, foods taste so good is that they're usually full of salt, sugar, and oil, uh, or any or all of those ingredients. And those can have some very detrimental uh, health effects. And it's, it's a difficult, a minefield to walk through. Um, when people ask me to go out to eat, I think, well, uh, do I want uh, Mexican salt, sugar, and fat? How about uh, Asian salt, sugar, and fat? Ooh, I haven't had Thai salt, sugar, and fat in a while. Uh, it's, uh, it's full of salt, sugar, and fat. That's what restaurant food is. And you really want to minimize the damage. I hate to be a Debbie Downer here, but the truth is that if you uh order all your old favorite foods there you're after uh, an hour after you leave you're going to be very sorry you ate that meal uh, and it's usually because of all the salt and the sugar and the fat and you don't really even you're not even aware of it the salt is already in the spaghetti sauce you don't even really taste it um, the, the the uh the sugar it's already in the ketchup or whatever sauces around there and uh, so you really want to minimize this damage you want to get as close to a whole food meal as you can, and and it's almost antithetical to what really restaurant food is about. So how do you maximize the pleasure and minimize the damage to your body? First of all, uh, when I'm going to meet my friends for dinner, I realized I'm mainly going there to be with my friends and have a positive experience with them, not shove a bunch of unhealthy food into my mouth. And so if the social interaction is most important, I want to tone down um, the, the gorging of the food so one thing I do before I go out to eat is I eat. Um, I'll have an apple. I'll have a bowl of soup that's left over in the fridge. I'll have you know, finish off yesterday's salad. Uh, so I don't walk into the restaurant famished and, and and polish off three baskets of bread before the wait person gets there to take my order. So it's okay to uh, to, to damp down your appetite a bit with a little pre-eating here thing to do. Uh, then, uh, have a look at the, the, the uh, uh, especially if you're going into a, an ethnic restaurant, if you look at the menu, most of these traditions have a long history of uh, serving plant-based foods. And if you just look, uh, you can only get something on the salad uh, section. Fortunately, you know, we the entire plant-based movement, and the vegan movement has had its influence over the past 20, 30 years that I've witnessed. And now every restaurant, usually if you look through the menu, there's a uh, there's at least one section of um, vegetarian entrees there. So uh, so you know head over there, see what's available. But don't neglect the side dishes. You can always get a plate of steamed vegetables. Uh there's often mushrooms in some form. There's a salad there, you can ask for no oil dressing. It's okay actually. You, a little bit um, to bring your own no oil dressing. You can make up a, a no oil salad dressing. Pour it a little bit into a plastic container with a screw top and bring it in. And when they bring, it, say, hold, hold the dressing, and, uh, and when, the, when it comes, uh, open up your little uh, container of dressing. Pour your own dressing on. And they, they won't throw you out. Um, so you can do things to minimize the uh, uh, the oil the oiliness of the um, of, of the foods. Uh, and when you give your order, you can tell the, the wait person, <clears throat> uh, can, you, can you have the chef use either no oil, just a, so stir fry my veggies and vegetable broth, or if they have to use oil, just a minimal amount possible. And, and they're hearing that requests more and more these days. They, they, the wait person won't get too upset if you ask about that. Uh, so, uh, you can ask, in the Italian restaurant, you order a, a salad, a pasta, maybe a bowl and you in into a story of soup. Yes, it's all full of salt, that's true, but uh, in, you're in a restaurant, you're going to be eating some salt, sugar, and fat. Finally, the last two points. One, you're, you're in a restaurant with your friends, that's true, but ultimately, your arteries don't care, your liver doesn't care. Yeah, it just wants, you know, what's that food stream that's going to be flushing through all your tissues? And if you've got high blood pressure, you've got lupus, you've got colitis, it does matter. And your, your body is not impressed with excuses. And so remember, it's nobody else's business what you order for dinner, order for lunch, or order what you know is, is best for your health. Uh, if, if God forbid you get a heart attack or a stroke. It's only you in that hospital bed. It's not the people that out to dinner with you. It's you. So, uh, you know, to thy own arteries be true, thy own health be true. And second, you take yourself off center stage. You don't have to be the one that says, "Oh, I'm vegan." Uh, make sure there's no eggs <laughs> in the noodles for me. Um, I, I do the opposite. I wait till everybody's given their order. Don't take her order. That's fine. And when everybody's given their order, I, I, I catch the wait person's eye. Come over here. Come over here. Her. And then I ask them to get their head down right here, and I whisper in their ear, I "Look at the menu. That looks really good. Can." Can the chef make that but hold the chicken? Oh, yeah, we can do that. Good. Uh, can they make that but, but hold the cheese? Oh, yeah, we can do that. Thank you. Close the menu. No one heard a thing. Uh, and, and you just engage in conversation. The food comes out, everybody else has their various pieces of, of animals on the plate there. And you've got this gorgeous, or I have, this gorgeous plate of colorful vegetables and, and, and stir-fried uh, quinoa or whatever. And, uh, and people, look, oh, wow, that looks delicious. I wish I ordered that. Can I take some of that? And you can make the <laughs> restaurant experience. You probably get well, that a
0: lot.
8: <laughs> I do. A lot less damaging there. So, and it's an education for the other people. But ultimately, again, they're not paying my medical bills. Uh, and if you do it for a while, you get to know how to, to handle each of the ethnicities uh, in the various restaurants. So, so take control. Uh, Don't let it be a a toxic experience for you. Uh, Look for the healthiest plant-based entrees and side dishes you can find. And and, and you're there to be with your friends. Have a great time with your friends, and your example will, will be a good lesson for them as well. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. That's, that's really good. I like the part where you said, you know, they're not paying for your you know, medical bills. You know, that's, that's super, super key. Um, Dr. Fontaine, I'm going to switch it over to you. You know, a lot of us, you know, are busy working professionals, you know, living a very hectic life. And so a lot of things, uh, you know, ideally need to be prepared on the go. So do you have any tips and tra- uh, tricks for on the go For those that are working uh, professionals um, or just running a lot of errands, um, you know, due to this chaotic, you know, lifestyle that we have currently.
7: Yeah, I think it's such an important topic. You're asking, you know, I I think the biggest thing on that is got to be ready. You got to prepare some of the your preferred um, snack, and I think on that it'd be nice to have one a suggestion of each one of us um, what they prefer. But what I like to prepare myself as much as I can is as much fruit cut uh, ready and, and vegetable so that I have that in a little bag and I have it for the day whenever I need to have something. And some of my preferred snack when I'm home, when I get uh, quick, is chickpeas that, that I cook into the oven with some nutritional yeast or kale for the chips. So some of the easy things that you can put in a bag and bring to work. So you need to have some prepared. It's it's always the same. I'm, you know as a plant food based individual, you need to eat a lot. And if you don't have any snack ready anytime, you're in trouble. And that's often the, what would be my problem, especially being on call as an OB GYN. for God's sake, if you don't bring food, there's nothing. In those days at the hospital, there would be anything that would uh, be uh, very good. Uh, also, in the biking, I like to bring dates and, and prepare my own uh, granola bar. So uh, it's nice to have those little snacks ready when you have a little bit of a hunger in the ride.
0: Awesome, awesome. Thank you so, so much. Um, you know, that's uh, super important, and I like the fact that. Uh, A lot of us, you know, lead a very physical lifestyle. So um, and a lot of us, you know, watching our athletes as well. So it's super important to constantly, you know, fill up on that. Um, So we're going to switch it back over to uh, Jeff, uh, Dr. Jeffrey uh, Pierce. Um, so a lot of us, you know, are thinking, you just talked a lot about, you know, the supermarket. Um, and one of the common questions people get is, you know, is whole food plant-based expensive, right? Because they equate, well, I can't even, you know, afford a head of broccoli, you know, you know, a, a liter or two liters of Coke is, you know, cheaper, you know, um, as, uh, I guess mind blowing and mind boggling, you know, as it is, how you? How can you address? You know, is whole food plant based expensive to those that are wondering? Yeah.
5: Cool. and so I, I definitely would talk about the traditional answer to this is about you know how to what to buy, what to shop, so that you save money. But I think it's always important to, to take into account the global picture of cost. And um, by eating this way, even if it was five times more expensive than eating the way that a standard American diet uh, would be and would cost. Um, Think about the money you're saving on your medical bills, right? The average pay, the average person in the United States pays about uh, $1,400 a year on their medications, and that's average, right? That's not including uh, uh, several of us that are uh, struggling with diabetes and hypertension and heart disease and stroke and all of that put in together, and the costs are going to be a lot higher than that. So, you know, take into account like how much uh, these other medical costs and disability costs and there's absolutely, um, you know, no comparison. But just on a, just on a simple answer of uh, comparing it to, so how can you eat this way and it be um, uh, affordable? It, it's, the, the basic whole foods are quite some of the most affordable foods out there, right? So bulk beans and rice and corn. And these foods that are our uh, potatoes, that are our staples, that have kept um, uh, groups of people alive and healthy over the millennia, um, they're they're really inexpensive. You don't want to go out and um, buy some, you know, the fancy prepackaged stuff if you're on a budget. Um, buy the ingredients, make it at your house. Um, and so uh, when you buy your stuff. Um, Meal prep, get it all done so that you're not having to, oh, I don't have anything ready and so I got to go out and pick something up for tonight, or order it for them to deliver it at home because you've got all this food at your house that you've already bought ahead of time and did some meal prepping on. Stick to the grocery list when you're at the grocery store. Um, Go to the grocery store full, not hungry. um, And, um, uh, you know, uh, check out some good resources online. I would say Tony Okamoto, who has plant based on a, on a budget is a great resource. You can just look her up on YouTube. Um, PC, PCRM, the Physicians Committee has a great little vegan on a budget uh, video that you can take a look at. Um, and so lots of good, uh, resources out there, um, to make this uh, very affordable and you can do it.
0: That's awesome. Thank you so much, Dr. Pierce. Um, just want to, uh, put in a couple of comments, uh, Gina, uh, she says, I'm so thrilled about this platform. You are all doing such important work. So thank you, Gina. Um, from Facebook, we have Chef uh, Colin Godin. Uh, he says, thank you for all the work you do. Um, much love to all you guys. Uh, Jenny Mathall. great work. Um, so those are some comments coming from the interwebs. And uh, so... Dr. Kim, um, one of the hot topics sometimes we think about is soy, right? Mm-hmm. So can you, you know, just give us the, you know, the pretty much the final, final closer yeah, yeah. in terms of, you know, is sore, soy bad for us? You know, um, does it cause cancer? Like what is up with that?
1: So that's a huge thing. And I studied it a lot because one of the reasons I did this was to try and prevent breast cancer myself. Soy is an phytoestrogen, it is not an estrogen. Everybody thinks, oh, it's an estrogen, it's gonna give you man boobs or this and that. No, soy is a phytoestrogen, so it actually is pro-estrogenic when it needs to be and anti-estrogenic when it needs to be. And there's tons of research out there that show that, and including last year, soy decreases breast cancer. And if you have breast cancer, if you eat soy, it decreases your risk of more, of dying from breast cancer. It decreases prostate cancer. It has been shown to decrease heart disease. If you change one meal from a meat-based thing to a soy-based thing, your um, risk of heart disease goes down like 14 to 18%. Um, it decreases, uh, they're now seeing that it may help decrease Alzheimer's and dementia. There, it, there's so many reasons that soy is good for you. Eat soy. Thousands and thousands of Japanese people eat soy and they don't, don't have the breast cancer that we have. So it's a very, very, very good thing to have.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, one of the questions we get typically um, is the kitchen. And uh, I can pretty much answer that really quickly is uh, start off, you know, no matter what your level is, start off with a good chef or French knife, a good cutting board. Um, a spatula, a pot, and a saucepan, and just start right there. And. the the multitude of different recipes that you could create and all the different foods that we've all shared on, you know, so far in this episode, you're going to make so many great things. And uh, we definitely have more resources in terms of, you know, how to up-level your fridge your freezer and your pantry. So you definitely have to, you know, reach out to us, you know, further about that. Um, Last uh, but not least, um, you know, we're going to turn it over to uh, Anthony. Uh, We're going to close this out. And I thank you everyone for your patience, you know, for those that are speaking and for those that are listening. So Anthony, um, what is the overall long-term, you know, goal, you know, of this platform and what do you hope to uh, achieve?
2: So in the near term, we really want to um, just continue to raise awareness and make sure that people know that you all are here and ready to see them. I mean, I, I know you guys, so, and I'm so proud to be working with you all, that it kind of shocks me when I see empty spaces on your calendars. I don't know what, what you know, what, what's happening, but I, I just, uh, the only thing I can attribute that to is that people aren't quite aware yet. So, so we want to continue to raise awareness and have people tell their friends and, and just really share this. And it's, it, you know, we, we realize that, every, you know, everyone is not ill. Everyone doesn't need medical care, but we just want to make sure that the people who do know that, that we're out there. And then going off long-term, You know, we have a lot of opportunities that are going to open up. We are going to be in a position, and Lori touched on this early on, to really influence the way healthcare is practiced. You know, when we can collect outcomes from thousands of people and we can show that people are really getting well and by extension that we're really reducing the burden on the healthcare system by helping people to prevent disease, um, you know, sometimes reverse disease or at least improve their health outcomes, you know, people who are living with disease then we're going to have an opportunity to collect all this information together and present it into a way that hopefully the insurance companies will start to listen. The self-insured companies will start to listen. And really, the, you know, what I'm most passionate about is the general public you know, will start to realize that this really is you know, a viable option for taking better care of ourselves.
0: Yeah, thank you so much. And I think that actually answers this person that uh, wrote in, Trisha. She says, do you know how do most people hear about your service, either by doing a Google search or advertising on certain platforms? And, you know, I think we're u- utilizing, um, you know, paid advertisements right now, right? And then we are going to, you know, get more resources in terms of expanding that, right?
2: Yeah, it's it's true. So so really, it's a combination, and it kind of tickles me. You know, I whenever time someone calls, I get to ask them, "Oh, how did you hear about us?" Sometimes it's from a friend. Sometimes it's from another doctor's office that they reached out to, and this office doesn't have a, a physician who's licensed to see them where they are, or the office is not doing telemedicine. They're not able to get there physically, so people are recommending us, and and that really means a ton to me. Um, the others are our friends out there who have complimentary services like Chef AJ, like the Mastering Diabetes guys. I mean, as people are reversing their diabetes on the Mastering Diabetes program, you know, they require changes in their medications and they require medical supervision to do that. So we're really a good match. And and it's what I love about this service is that it's not necessarily competitive with, with all of our you know community out there. It's really a complimentary service that, um, that benefits us all. And then you're right, we, we are trying to work on becoming more discoverable on the search platforms like uh, like Google and making sure that people are finding us when they're searching for plant-based doctors. And uh, we are doing Facebook advertising. And we're right now, we're really doing that. We're targeting people in the whole food plant-based space or in the vegan space, because even people who are vegan for other important reasons, like animal compassion and for our environment, it's really fantastic. I've heard feedback from several patients for them to have a doctor who understands their lifestyle and it isn't going to tell them that they need to be going and finding milk for calcium or or meat for protein, right? So, So we're reaching into these communities first to raise awareness, but then what we're going to do when we feel like people know that we exist within our community, then we're going to really target the disease areas. We're going to go after people with hypertension, you know, and try to figure out how to, how to let them know, that we're here, and that there's another way to to treat their medical conditions. You know, the diabetics, people with high cholesterol, um, even obesity. You know, people who are out there who are, have these illnesses. I I know firsthand from being on the other side. You know, being a patient of uh, in the traditional medical world. I had you know growing up my whole life. I had overweight doctors telling me that I needed to lose weight, and it's hard. Oh, you know, yeah. but coming to coming to a place where people who understand that lifestyle has an impact and they're not just waiting until my cholesterol tips 210 so that they can prescribe me a medication. They're catching it at it when it's at 170 or 180 and saying, hey, do you know that if we get this down, you know, we can work together and we can get this down, you know, below 150 or so. And that essentially, you know, dramatically reduces your risk of ever having, you know, a, um, a cardiac issue, right? So it's really focusing on that wellness. So we just want to let people know that we're here and then we want to collect this
0: information. Um, Definitely. Definitely.
2: Yeah. To share. It well, with thank others.
0: you, thank you, thank you so much, um, everyone, for being here. You know, I definitely greatly value your, you know, time, expertise, wisdom, and experience. Um, you know, we're going to close out, um, you know, just want to see if anyone had any closing thoughts, but, you know, we did want to mention that, uh, some of us, you know, do speak a second language. You know, we have someone that does American sign language. We have Spanish speakers, French speakers, and Chinese as well. So, um, you know, let us know how we can help you. Um, I believe we're on a lot of the social media platforms, right, Anthony? Um, but mainly our main website is plant-based, uh, telehealth.com. Uh, and, uh, you know, thank you so much for all the docs, um, you know, for coming on and sharing the wealth of, uh, experience with us. And, uh, if there's no closing thoughts, um, thank you again. Uh, you guys are amazing guys. I hope you guys learned something from today's session of Hofu plant based 101 from the plant-based telehealth team. And, uh, we will see you Uh, well, virtually, well, hopefully in person, you know, (laughs) across the board through a Zoom visit. So definitely reach out to us. And thank you again uh, so much for watching. And please say goodbye, you know, wave goodbye. (laughs) Thank
2: you, Dr. Zhu. This was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. Thank Thank you so
0: much. It was great. Um, Thank you so much, guys. And uh, thank you, guys. We will see you next week for another episode um, at 5 p.m. Pacific uh, next Wednesday. And until then... Thank you. And uh, definitely thrive on, everyone. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Hey, guys. That was another episode of Thrive If you liked that episode, please subscribe and follow weekly for new episodes. And don't forget to rate us on Apple Podcasts.